the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's spring, and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. Call them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call them now. Get that spring program. You have the fertilizer, then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control. Your best lawn ever guaranteed call lawn doctor today check out their website lawndoctor.com or call them 401-392-1025 folks good morning it's john DePietro on am 1380 and 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com it is Wednesday. This portion of the program brought to you by Rhode Island's Dunwood Garden Center. Folks, they are open for the season. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Stop in and see them. Beautiful selection of pansy bags, hangers, and bowls. Also, Hacynthia's. What a great selection they have on hydrangeas. Rhode Island's number one garden center. They are open. Located 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. It is uh, Steve and Debbie jr and byron look for them on facebook easy to get to 3688 quaker lane north kingstown right off of route four stop in they are just terrific they're open seven days a week they also have screen loom black brown and hemlock uh, mulch plus crutch stone it's pr landscape materials and garden center stop in and see them 3688 quaker lane in north kingstown so it is wednesday and um again we're starting to get some more details on this uh the the victim with the shooting on sunday and obviously now as we're getting more details um it's it's one of those things the police were really caught off guard on this whole thing regarding the individual that they were pulling over and it turns out that he had actually uh there was a warrant for him with a armed robbery he actually had a gun and was going after a woman choking a woman and that's really you know the, the police, this is one of those situations. Of course, I'm talking about the situation in Brooklyn Center in Minnesota. And the police, this is a, a small community. They're about, I, I think they're like 10 miles, they said, from where George Floyd uh, died. And so, you know, they're just kind of going along. From what I understand, it's not a large, it's a suburban community, but not not that big. But, but the point is, they just were not prepared for what happened. Because the word that went out, um, as you may or may not know, was that was that he was stopped for having an ear freshener. And that's why they stopped him and then they shot him and killed him. And instead now we found out that the reason there was uh, the warrant for him was aggravated robbery. He had choked a woman repeatedly. Uh, you know, now you have the mug shots. Looks much different than the smiling. You know, he's got a hat on and he's uh, pictured with his young son. Instead, the mother said, oh, he was killed because he had an ear freshener. And then, you know, as soon as they get the story out, then you're just like chasing your tail um, as far as, you know, this becomes a battle of like who gets the word out first about him. And the picture, he's got the Chicago Bulls hat on and uh, all these people, you know, he's 20 and they pulled him over for the ear freshener. And I just don't think law enforcement, they, they need to, and I know it's not easy, but they need to learn that when these things happen, this really becomes the media needs to more, be more careful. The word just gets out. You know, I'm going to put the media even to the side. With social media now, I'm not even so sure it just falls into that. But he resisted arrest. He got back in his vehicle. He tried to speed off, nearly killed other people during the failed escape. But now we find out that it was a very serious charge that he was out on. And people are saying, oh, it was misdemeanor. It was a misdemeanor. That was it. And the whole thing. Well, there's a big difference between aggravated robbery. He had a pistol um and then suddenly the way it's it's being portrayed now so you know it, it, i i don't know uh, police out there this is another example you have to be on guard whenever you have something like this you have to be prepared meaning law enforcement and and police and mayors and city managers to to i i hate to say it but it's like you have to be ready in almost like a pr fashion to get your word out because the other side moves very very quickly and look at, you know, Sunday night. This happened at 2 o'clock on Sunday. Sunday night, boom, first riot. Monday night riot, last night riot. 
it, it it's like now as more details come out does it does it even seem to matter anymore right does it even matter that that's that's not the truth no one says hey wait a minute how about the fact that good morning america and cnn are going along with this narrative that and the family was saying that's not an accident no that wasn't an accident well it, it certainly seems like it was an accident i mean she she yeah that is true that she but it was a tense situation and who knows what was going on prior to that maybe she had her weapon out to show because she was also training someone but she pulls it out and says taser taser so for them to say that wasn't an accident so you you mean to say that she purposely pulled out her gun she she wanted to shoot and kill him and that's why she was yelling taser taser i'll taser you i mean it's ridiculous but cnn good morning america they they run these interviews they're beyond inflammatory they don't do anything to stop this very dangerous narrative from taking hold and you know what's also interesting folks is think of what they were saying look at what was done with the capitol because president trump had this dangerous narrative the election was stolen and it's because of that you know look at what happened when you had people marching around inside with hats and flags well what do you call the dangerous narrative that's taking place where all these people are at these protests saying i don't believe it was an accident and 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 of course no one pushes back like well wait a minute why would she's been on the force for 26 or 29 years seasoned veteran of the police force head of the union she's out there training another officer it certainly seems like a tragic mistake and accident and i understand that she she is gonna have to be held accountable because she, she you know we we allow police to use a, a force but this this was a mistake it was unnecessary he didn't help the situation by trying to flee that's for sure but what does it say that all the people know i don't think it was an accident so all these years she was waiting for the right opportunity to have a body cam on and then was yelling taser taser i'll taser you and then she shoots him one time and unfortunately it, it certainly seems like a tragic accident and there's no pushback my point is look at uh how much they went after president trump saying this dangerous rhetoric and he's saying the election was stolen from him and it's so dangerous that it led people to march around at the capitol with hats and flags and take selfies of themselves inside the capitol and chanting and it was just so dangerous he kept saying you know his lie and uh keeping the this this whole thing going well you tell me what's more dangerous how about the fact good morning america and cnn allowing this na fake narrative to say oh no no that wasn't an accident nope she meant to do that no i don't believe it was an accident she meant to i i don't it certainly seems like it was an accident there's nothing to show that it wasn't an accident that she she went to use her taser and it's she and instead she she used her her pistol and she was yelling i'll taser you i'll taser you taser 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 and then boom one shot and that's all it took but the media doesn't even push back on any of this and now it's spreading to other cities how about you know and police boom right away they should have come out with i'm sorry but the mugshots you're in a pr battle and look at what is going out there the police chief has resigned i don't blame him the police officer has resigned that mayor what is with the baseball hat what do we take you off the golf course what is this you're the mayor can't you is everything in the baseball hat is that like his thing like rick santorum's always in the sweater vest his thing jim jordan never wears a, a jacket a blazer that's his thing he always has the hat on is that like his moniker so to speak so now the city by the way the city manager was fired for saying i think there needs to be due process here due process can't say due process let's go with the narrative that he was shot they pulled him over because he had an air freshener and he was shot and killed but that's not what happened and the, there needs to be some accountability you know i saw van jones on cnn last night saying you know what you don't understand is uh when someone who's uh black is pulled over by police it's a completely different encounter than someone who's white hey listen anyone that's ever been pulled over you're always a little you know touch and go i'm sorry officer what's this all about i mean no one likes that if you've ever been pulled over the lights are going behind you behind you pull over to the side of the road you're wondering what went wrong what did i do is i speeding was there something else going on i mean there's always like everyone kind of feels that way but you don't flee or you don't fight with the police but so in other words they, they basically want to set up different rules for instance maybe here's van jones and cnn and some others maybe people of color shouldn't be pulled over it's too traumatizing 
No, police shouldn't pull them over anymore. Speeding, no rules. Hey, illegals in New York are getting 15000 from this from the New York City for being in illegal during the pandemic. So it's almost like they're setting up different rules. Nope, people of color are too traumatized by law enforcement, so therefore uh, they shouldn't be pulled over. And you shouldn't expect them to comply. In, uh, and, and the reason they're resisting, resisting arrest is because they've been traumatized. So no more pulling them over for expired vehicles. No more pulling them over for tinted windows. No more pulling them over for speeding. Uh, you just have to, nope, you need to, like, like where, where is this leading? Hey, folks, I want to remind you about our friends at uh, Brothers Disposal. Call them today. Come on, brother, get a roll-off dumpster right for your driveway. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517. Now offering weekly trash collection services, it's Brothers Disposal. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time full-time, maybe weekend work, you need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508 508- 336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional? who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Spring is here. Time to contact Bethel Certified Softwash. You can text Jared a free estimate at 401-617-2585. Bethel Certified Softwash. They have a great website. It's RhodeIslandSoftwashing.com. Outside your home, let's get rid of the grime and the stains, maybe some of that, that green algae and moss and mildew that build up over the course of the winter. Call Bethel Certified Softwash today. Again, outside your restaurant or your home or a roof or a deck or a patio or a walkway, it's Bethel Certified Softwash. Remember, it's biodegradable. It's plant safe. Look for them on Facebook, Bethel, B-E-T-H-E-L. Their Facebook page, the before and after, are just tremendous. Contact them today for a free same-day text estimate, 401 617 2585 401-617-2585. Again, remember, they have a great website. It's RhodeIslandSoftWashing.com. Bethel Certified Soft Wash and Power Wash. Thanks to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11 and we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. With me right now, he is a columnist for the Boston Globe covering Rhode Island, but really sounds like, seems like all of New England. It's Dan McGowan and Dan, uh, boy, I read roadmap and then I read the Boston Globe this morning. And I, I gotta tell you, I actually felt like, ah, uh, when I saw the picture of the new stadium in Worcester, it looks beautiful and coming out of a pandemic, the idea of sitting at a local ballpark, boy, that sounds really nice, but it's not going to be in Pawtucket with uh, the Paw Sox. No, John, this is the, the perks of becoming a columnist. I, I got to take a trip out to Worcester last week and uh, got a sneak peek at the at the new Polar Park, which, of course, is the, the new Paw Sox Stadium or Worcester Red Sox Stadium now. And, I mean, you nailed it. It's almost 
you know, I think for anyone who's sort of a sports fan, guys like you and I, but, you know, people who just like to have a good time, you know, we were always going to probably in some ways lament the loss of the team, especially when you see these beautiful new stadiums. But you're right, coming out of a, you know, the pandemic, uh, got to sit at, you know, got to have the place to myself, basically, as I watched an inner squad game. uh, And, you know, it must have been 65, 70 degrees, bright blue, you know, sunny sky. And uh, that place is going to be a, a very popular place, I think. You know, th- there's all kinds of interesting discussions, and you covered it for years, so did I, about, you know, whether or not uh, the right deal was in place for the for the Paw Sox to build a new stadium, whether it was Providence or Pawtucket. But at least at the, you know, the outset here, as the as, as people start to see that stadium, I think for the first time, uh, I think people are really going to regret it. It, it. It's a, I mean, it's a stretch to call it a palace. It's still a minor league ballpark, but boy, it was a fun time. And I think it'll be fun to get out there, but you know, pr- far away, it's a, you know, 45 minute hour trip uh, back and forth. So I don't think many Rhode Islanders are going to make more than one trip there. And folks, as Dan McGowan is there and he runs into who else, but Larry Latino, who I had on when they were trying to convince people to come here. And the quote of all quotes, what did he say to you? Did you say you were writing a column about this? Well, get this. So uh, let, wow. let me let me set the, let me set the scene of this. So far, because... quote of the year of 2021. Just so no pressure, but go right ahead. Wow. So so, uh, you know, so I I know Larry Lucchino from talking to him on the phone a little bit, but. Somebody points out, hey, you know, again, I'm in the stadium. People are, you know, everyone's walking around. There's, you know, they're still doing construction on the ballpark. Somebody says to me, hey, that's Larry Larry Lachino in the hard hat over there. So I go over to him, just introduce myself and say, uh, you know, hey, doing this, doing the, doing the column on this uh, for the Globe. First thing out of his mouth, not even hello, not even nice to see you. He says, make sure you hand deliver it to Nick Adiello. Wow. Yeah. Holy cow. If you think that these guys don't have long memories, uh, you know, they believe me, they do. And I think, you know, the obviously, I think Larry Lucchino, I think that ownership team is very proud of their new stadium. I do think it, it would be hard and it would be hard not to think this, that the only thing they kind of regret is that it is not actually, you know, probably in Providence, but even in Pawtucket, because, you know, Worcester's still Worcester, right? It's still kind of an out-of-the-way place. It's not, you know, we don't, it doesn't make the list of kind of the cool small cities in New England or the country, whereas Providence at times does. And so while they've got a great thing going, you could tell there's still a ton of animosity, and make no mistake about it, Larry Lucchino uh, pins that blame pretty squarely on the former Speaker of the House. Yeah, and, and Dan McGowan, uh, you know, now people have different types of memories, but let's face it, it, it was not like, and I think you, you kind of reflect this in your column, it's not like Matty Yellow was, you know, the skunk at the garden party, the lone wolf. That's right. Uh, there, 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 there was different opposition against this. Now, in far of the leadership, Senate President Ruggiero, he seemed on board. Governor Raimondo would not really take a stand. She would not jump in. She was up for re-election. Um, you know, you even had the guys from Providence Equity coming in, but but then Mattiello, that, that's wow, Larry Lucchino hand deliver this to Mattiello. Well, wow. and, and, and John, you you just you you nailed it. I mean, I think, and I put this in the column today that to to make it very clear, you know, the the, the challenge with this entire debate over over the last you know many years, and boy, I remember I remember that morning. The first time they announced that they wanted to do it in Providence, so I think it yeah. was, uh, I think it was 2014. Uh, that was a a big day. I remember, uh, oh, the, yeah. you know, it, it was it was cover to cover news everywhere. You know, was all over it, and they were so excited about this idea. But you're right, you know, Nick Mattiello certainly gets the gets the the, the brunt of the blame from I think the ownership group. I think there are, you know, I, I'm sure the Senate leadership very much blames. But the, the, oh, yeah. the problem is, is that you had a governor who didn't really want to take a stand. It was a lot of, you know, maybe this will work. You remember, even in the Providence deal, Mayor Lorza was very wishy-washy about, uh, he was. Uh, you know, about having support there. Uh, and so there was a lot. And, and I think that the challenge with that, that argument was 
and again, I wrote about it today, is this idea that, you know, on one hand, being honest about it, of course, a new stadium was not going to, you know, suddenly re- land Amazon or land PayPal to Rhode Island, right? That was always a kind of a uh, an, an exaggerated idea that it was going to be this great economic engine. But at the same time, you know, the, the critics, and there were many, you know, wanted this to, to, to make out, to, you know, to be that this was going to bankrupt the state of Rhode Island. The truth was, it's, right. it's in the middle, right? Yeah. It, it was a really nice thing to have. It would have been a really nice yeah. thing to have. We would have really appreciated it, you know, coming out of a, a, a pandemic. Um, and if it, you know what, if minor league baseball suddenly falls off the earth 20 years from now, the, the truth is Worcester's not going to go bankrupt. Rhode Island would not have, you know, and been struggling to 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 pay the debt service on it. It just it, it had to be extremes, right? It had to be this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, or this is the the worst thing in the world. Uh, and you know, really now, I, I think we're all going to kind of we're we're all paying because we're we're going to miss it. We're going to miss out. Uh, certainly in these early years, like I said, you know, if they let the stadium fall apart or whatever down the line maybe we'll all say oh we made out okay but you know what it was still kind of nice to go once or twice to mccoy every year and it would have been really nice to go to a brand new ballpark i used to go and throw out the first pitch once a season and then bring you know have my kids and would be in the one of the they have the nice uh suites there and so forth but you know dan mcgowan talking about and folks speaking of dan mcgowan of the boston globe um you know talk about rhode island politics like one of the first people out of the gate that was like poo-pooing the idea of, of the whole thing was former, my former colleague, but former Attorney General Arlene Violet, who has bad blood against Terry Murray. She's always blamed him for her only, she only served two years. Right. People forget that. She had one two-year term. Von Bulow got away. They did, they botched the Pawtucket murder case. And then, uh, you know, she, she blamed Terry. So as soon as that was announced, she came out with the, these millionaires like Terry Murray, these greedy millionaires, the blah, blah, blah. And then boom, you know, I'm not saying she was the only one, but it just shows the Rhode Island politics. But Dan McGowan, tell, tell us about the new stadium. It looks beautiful. Yeah, it, it, it's great. It, 6,500 uh, 6, seats. It, it's about 9,500 capacity. So, you know, relatively similar to um, to McCoy. What's cool about it, though, yeah. John, is first of all, the, the the field looks great. The one weird thing is the wall, and it's not quite the size of the Green Monster. Rather than in left field, like at Fenway, it's actually in right field, which is a, a, just a strange. They, they told me that it was because of just the way the ball, like the location of the ballpark. I thought that was very strange. But when you're looking out, if you're sitting behind home plate, uh, first of all, you feel like you're right on top of the field, a little bit like a uh, little bit like Fenway. Uh, a little bit like wow. if you've ever if you've ever seen or been to uh, a Duke University basketball game, kind of you yes. go right yeah. on top of the field, which is right really there. cool. Yep. Uh, it's really cool, especially if you're a young kid who you know wants to you know take in a game, or if you you know if you're scouting for your fantasy team, whatever. Um, so that part of it's cool. In left field, this is great. So right beyond the fence. There, it, it, you see the train going into the Worcester Union Station. So it's just a kind of a cool look. It reminds me, you know, uh, I don't think you can hit a home run that far. It'd be about 600 feet probably. But, you know, I, I, when I was there, I, I watched a home run go out of the ballpark and you, you saw the train going by as, as a ball, you know, hit left field. Oh, boy. Very, very cool. Uh-oh. Here's the best part about it, though, John. <laughs> the, the thing is, is like it, it, I fully get, Baseball, you know, not everybody loves it, especially, you know, it's a long game. It can be slow. The cool thing that they did with this park is out in the right field area, it's sort of on the right, on the foul line, first baseline, they've got a brewery and just a, a very open space. The idea being you go there, you know, you have a few beers, you can sit and hang with your friends. You don't have to, you know, sit down and watch the game. Um, and I think that's a, I think that's a smart way. It reminds me a little bit. If you've, if you've seen the new Mets stadium city field, they have a lot of open yes. spacing. Um, yes. you know, cause the idea is you and your buddies get off of work. Right. And you say, you know, let's 10 of us go over to the stadium. You pay 10 bucks to get in and you've got your, you know, you've got a brewery, you've got a good restaurant there. That's going to operate wow. you know, all year round. Sounds fun. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It, it is a cool place. Now, Again, it's still Worcester. You know, you look around, 
you know, it does feel, uh, you know, it, it isn't Providence, right? It's not like there's uh, beautiful restaurants all over the place. You don't have. You, well, not, not yet. Not yet, right. Absolutely. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah I think it, I think it's going to be a cool place. I was asking the, the folks there, you know, at the stadium, who are you going to draw in? Because if you remember, McCoy Stadium did not actually draw very well from Pawtucket. It was always the suburbs. It was that no. kind of thing. And they said they feel like there's plenty of kind of suburbs all around there that they're going to get plenty. You know, you're going to still get all the little league teams to come in, all that kind of thing. Um, and they're, you know, they're doing well. They sold 2,000 season tickets. Um Oh my yeah, God! For wow. minor league baseball, John, that is uh, out oh, of this world. Wow. So that's amazing. Yeah, so they've they've got it going on right now. They they, they feel pretty good about it. It, it. it looks cool, and they say it's going to be ready. I think uh, their first game at home is May 14th. I want to say, and uh, and they think the stadium will be fully ready by then. And Dan McGowan, Larry McLuchino must just be beaming. I mean, he's got his brand new stadium. They stayed in the area. And uh, they tried to make it work in Rhode Island, but it but it, it just did not. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more. Dan McGowan, columnist for the Boston Globe, right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, mega truck and trailer repair as i said commercial trailers diesel equipment free estimates fhwa inspections and rhode island state inspection station trailer pickup and delivery 24-hour mobile service serving rhode island and massachusetts it's mega truck and trailer repair call them today 508-336-2110 24-hour mobile service and also abs repairs Brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, mega truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's mega truck and trailer repair. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. We're in an accident. Someone hits your vehicle. It's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them, 401 272 3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. We're speaking with Dan McGowan, columnist for the Boston Globe. Dan, you wrote an interesting story. You know, she is fantastic. I see her on Twitter. I see her reports. She's been all over the vaccines. But you wrote a very interesting interesting story about this reporter from Channel 12 here where you used to work. Yeah, Alex Leslie, who who um, who I worked with, I had short overlap. I think we were only we only overlapped together at Channel 12 for about <clears throat> excuse me a year. Um, you know, she's had this. Uh, horrible kind of story over the last year uh she has cystic fibrosis and 
is uh, in, in you know serious lung condition and, and has actually been hospitalized a couple of times. You know, has had real health challenges. And this is a young woman. I mean, she can't be. She probably isn't thirty years old yet. And um, and so at the beginning of the pandemic last year, she went and saw her doctor. She asked what she, you know what she should be doing, and they kind of recommended to her, "Hey, you should probably stay home." Here's this, you know, reporter, television reporter, by the way. It's easy for me to stay home and, you know, get on the phone with people. It's much more difficult, you know, for, for a reporter who's, you know, needs to be, uh, have visual and, and, you know, shoot things, things like that. And, you know, here she was, she thought, okay, I can suffer through this. I can, you know, I can stay home for a month, maybe two months. It's been 13 months that she's been home. And she, she wow. talks about this as, you know, really the only thing she does is, she takes her dogs for walks outside, but she doesn't do her own grocery shopping um, and has managed to continue to uh, report every single day. And one of the things about her uh, that, that I really appreciate, I'm sure you do too, John, is she's become extremely talented at using social media. Every morning uh, I wake up to write yep. roadmap and then I check what she's reporting in the morning because it's usually – the latest vaccine numbers, kind of an update on what's happening. Yes. Uh, so she's become indispensable in the market. Uh, and she's got just a, you know, a, a really, it's a sad story. She's now fully vaccinated. So she's getting ready to go back to work. But imagine that, you know, we've all been stuck at home, but 13 months at home as a television reporter is, uh, is very, very difficult. Yeah. She's my go-to person on Twitter. I check if, if anyone has anything about a vaccine, she has it from channel 12. Nadia McGowan, it's a huge day. It looks like the Senate, uh, you know, unanimous. Uh, Sabina Matos will be sworn in. What does this mean for the Providence City Council? It means that John Igliosi is now, in fact, he was elected last night, John, as the city council president. And you and I have talked about John Igliosi, you know, longtime councilman. He's only got a year left on the council. He'll be, he's term limited next year. And so uh, the the new council president is uh, it, it is a veteran Providence guy, Igliosi. Uh, there was some, uh, th there was a little bit of, uh, I, I think, frustration from some members of the council because it looked like uh, kind of a deal had been cut where Sabina Matos would have been the deciding vote to make him the president just before uh, she resigned. What they were able to do, uh, and I, I don't know the, the, the backstory on how they pulled this off, but basically they were able to, to uh, make it so that nobody else ran for the job, which means it's a, it's a technicality, but it basically means there's no vote to be had. So, uh, so she didn't actually have to cast a, a vote and John just became, John Igliosi just became the president. Uh, so he'll be the new president. I got to tell you, John, the, the thing to watch now is he and the mayor have not always had a great relationship. And now there's, you know, yep. 150, $160 million in federal money coming in. And you, you, you can oh, bet boy. the city council led by Igliosi um, is going to want oversight over every penny of that money. And so it's going to be uh, really interesting to watch over the next, you know, year, year and a half. Dan McGowan, what, what can you tell us about um, Sabina Matos? People were kind of asking me, uh, you know, I, I don't know that much about her positions or views. Is she more <clears throat> aligned with a, an Igliosi than an Alorza? Would you call her a progressive? Uh, where is she on like a defund the police? What, what type of Democrat is, is the new lieutenant? I'll governor? tell you, I think she's a lot like what uh, many um, Latino or Latina um, elected officials are in this state, which is pretty moderate, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I remember okay. over the summer, you were covering this very well, you know, all this conversation about defund the police. Yeah. You'd call, you get on the phone with Sabina Matos, who, you know, I think is somebody who's, she, she's certainly pro-choice. She's kind of checks the boxes on, on some of the sort of standard progressive issues. But you'd get on the phone with her and talk about something like this, and she would say, I fairly high crime neighborhood I, I don't want fewer police i want more police uh you know she, she right. was in that camp and, and you know for for all the uh all that talk about all the you know defund or or you know change the police you know i think the truth is if the city council wanted to do it if they had the votes the city council could have made things like that happen they didn't and it's because in part the Sabina Matos. 
you know, we're we're pretty so pretty strong supporters of the police. Now, clear. I think last year the police were not happy with uh, the police union was not happy with Sabina Matos. Um, remember, she took the side of the firefighter uh, over the police with, with, with their allegations yeah. of uh, you know harassment. Um, I, I think in hindsight, to be honest, I think she probably regrets that. I think she was doing what uh, what a lot of politicians were doing, and she kind of jumped the gun on that. But yeah, to give you her profile, you know, here's a person who has been, uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think pretty moderate. I think she's really pushed trying to hold the line on taxes uh, in Providence. We should be clear, she it's not like she's, you know, pushing lowering taxes, but she certainly wasn't uh, a fan of, um, you know, of increasing taxes across the city to, to pay for things. Um, you know, I, I think the, the, you know, she became very much a quality of life person. She was good about, you know, the sidewalks, the potholes, the things that council members uh, tend to do. So I think her profile actually fits a lot with um, uh, with Governor McKee. I think that they're, they're generally pretty similar. She's very strong supporter and sends her children or her, her daughter to uh, a charter school. And so, you know, she she, she kind of checks that box for, for Governor McKee. So, uh, you know, I don't think you're going to get, uh, you know, a, a, a wild change um, in attitude or philosophy. Um, you know, I do think my, my guess would be that as she runs in a Democratic primary, even though we don't know who might run, you know, you'll see her tack to the left. That's that's kind of what the politicians do. Um, but this is a pretty moderate lieutenant governor. Um, yeah, maybe slightly left of Dan McKee, but but certainly not, uh, you know, an in, in Aaron Regenberg progressive by any means. Folks, we speak with columnists of the Boston Globe, Dan McGowan, who covers Rhode Island and actually uh, parts of all New England, I guess. Now, Dan, what can you what about uh, this study that Mayor Lorza had done? Uh, it's about, you know, police and fire. What what I find astounding, I think it was generated to maybe show police and how many times they're really called out and whether maybe there's a use of force that's necessary or, but what really stuck out at me was 1% of the calls that the firefighters go out on are actual structural fires. 1%. I mean, that is uh, anyone that looks at the numbers and how much they get paid for quote firefighting. It's, it's a, a wow. That's a low number, much lower. Yeah, than you know, what's really interesting, John, is that you, you nailed it. This was a report that was, very much designed to uh, to you know look at all of public safety, but really look at the police department. If you remember, uh, the way he, yeah. the way the mayor rolled it out, it came you know after the stuff in Minneapolis. It be it came, you know it was the fall, so it was at a moment when everybody was talking about police reform. But then they slipped in that you know yes, we're going to do a fire study too. And the, what's interesting is the mayor is is focusing far more on the police side. And I think the truth is, John, it's because he's already, he's been there, done that with his fighting of the firefighters. Um, and, and while he did right. get some concessions and got a contract out of them, uh, I think he's still bruised from that battle. And so this is more of a, let's look at the police department, but you're right. I mean, this has always been, this has been a point that the mayor has made for a long time. That the fire department, oh. you know, a lot of things that they do, um, in fact, almost the entirety of what, um, it, you know, d- yes. does not 90%. involve does not involve those fires. It, you know, they do so much of having to respond to almost every incident, every overdose, every, you know, all of those kind of things. But, yeah, the actual, you know, the, the fighting of fires. Uh, and by the way, national trend, right? The, there are fewer fires now than there were, you know, 50, 60 years ago. But at the same but at the same oh time, God, the budgets have have uh, you know exploded uh, way way uh, up. Yeah, I mean if you look at Providence, I don't have the number in front of me, but you know, Providence's fire budget seventy five eighty million dollars a year. Um, that's a Plus that's right. And, and yes, huge. It's huge a huge number. We're talking ten percent of of the budget. Oh. Almost ten percent of the budget. So uh, it, it's a significant number. I'll be interested to see what they do with it. Here's the thing: the mayor loves to come out with a big report, reparations, universal income, now the police report. Here's the thing. He just signed a new contract with the police department. The contract with the fire department is not, uh, you know, it isn't set to expire, I believe, until next year. Uh, And the mayor's 
term limited, right? He's gone after next year. And so this is an interesting conversation starter. The problem with the mayor is, is that he's going to leave it off to the next mayor to actually make the hard decisions. Yep. Folks, quick break. A lot more Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. It's spring and time to call J. Cannell Engineering today at 401-351-7600. J. Cannell Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, pretty soon it'll be warm. It'll be hot. Why not have central air for your home? Call J. Cannell Engineering today, 401-351-7600. Remember, with JKL, estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial, in the wintertime. JKL, they can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. It's going to be a hot summer. Call JKL Engineering today. Be nice and cool in your home this summer. Call JKL, 401-351-7600. For 54 years, JKL's reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. JKL. They do it right. They do it right the first time. They're an approved National Grid VPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call JKL Engineering today for light for Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 401 351 7600, 401 351-7600. It's JKL Engineering. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop it and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the Queen of Health, 401 401- 305-3585. You've seen the her store. It's right in that old white church. It's my health. Because, folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop it and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies. We understand quality, integrity. Local products like the incredible Akai Berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, has over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. The service is the best, plus hemp and CBD products, plus massage therapy, reflexology, Pilates. Folks, stop it and see her. It's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy and children's vitamins. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. Stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Because remember, it's your health. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health. We're speaking with Dan McGowan, columnist for the Boston Globe. And Dan, uh, boy, that Johnson & Johnson vaccine being paused, that really caught everybody off guard, sent shockwaves through yesterday. Uh, the Globe does have a story on how this affects Rhode Island. With Absolutely. People. This was stunning to me, John. Uh, the, you know, you wake up yeah. in the morning and, by the way, you know, Johnson Johnson's vaccine is kind of just starting to make its way. I, you know, had a few friends over the weekend say that they'd gotten their one shot and they were done and, and, you know, we're excited about it. And then you hear that, that, you know, there's this, this pause and federally there's this concern. Now the good news is according to all the studies, the globe has a great story on this today. It very rarely is going to actually harm you if you did get the Johnson Johnson vaccine, but the, here's the, but here is the challenge, right? right? I mean, when you expedite things, when you, uh, you know, when you are, are, you know, so desperate to 
um, to get these vaccines out, I think, you know, you do potentially have strange side effects, things like that happen. So the good news is I think most people don't necessarily have to worry, but boy, you know, I wonder how you feel if on Saturday you got that shot in your arm and then on Tuesday they were announcing that there was a pause. I, you know, that it's not going to make you feel much better, even right. if they're telling you you're probably fine. Yeah, it literally is one in a million, and it seems to – it's only six women. I am surprised they paused it, unless there's more that we don't know just yet. I'm glad. I, I have one down with Pfizer. I have one more uh, to go. Uh, folks, also in the Boston Globe, and Dan McGowan, I was very glad to see this story. I'm, I'm very good friends with Lynn Singleton at the PPAC. And the PPAC, you know, they drive downtown. As far as I mean, driving it and then being closed has, has really hurt the restaurants downtown. And I'm glad to see that they had an announcement. There's a good story in the Boston Globe that the PPAC is planning on coming back and coming back. Yeah, strong, including Hamilton, which, which uh, you remember. I mean, that my my first year at the Globe was, oh. was the Hamilton Huge. Yeah, it was the biggest. I mean, it was the biggest the thing going every yes. single night. Providence was buzzing when Hamilton was here, so it'll be back, I believe, yep. end of November, early December. Uh, and yeah, and, and so they're going to move forward with with reopening and, and and being able to you know reopen. Uh, you know, you're going to see late summer. You're going to see lots of fall on uh, shows. I think you're right. I think it's a huge bo- a boost for Providence because <clears throat> my office is down there, John. I walk around the city every day. It is still very much, you know, a ghost town in downtown Providence. And, and they really oh, yeah. need, you know, okay. the long-term effects of the, these restaurants closing and what will replace them, things like that. I mean, th- oh. this is going to be a story for a really long time. But it is really good news to see uh, to see PPAC being able to, to, to reopen. I think they're really excited about that. And I think, you know, if we're not going to have the Paw Sox, at least we can go out and, and see a Broadway show. Yeah. Now, Dan McGowan, there's another story in the Boston Globe uh, regarding Governor McKee, and and he's trying to explain his proposal for forgiving the PPP loans. But there seems to be a little bit of controversy. I think the governor put this in his budget as what they call, uh, what politicians love to call as a placeholder in their budget. You know, you come up with a way to make some money and you figure it out later in terms of how to do it. And the idea was that some companies, uh, and many in fact, you know, if you've got more than, I believe it's $150,000 um, in PPP loan money, which is forgivable uh, as long as you hire back employees and that stuff uh, from the federal government, uh, you were going to get taxed on it. And, uh, you know, I, I think that the, the thought was, I think it was a little bit subjective. I think the thought was, well, that's a lot of money. Uh, maybe the state should, should get a piece of that, you know, the, the tax on that. Whereas the federal government is not taxing, uh, you know, this this income or this this loan money. Um, and so I think the, the governor said, you know, remember, this is governor puts in his budget before we know how much Rhode Island is going to get, uh, you know, from the federal government, things like that. And so they, they, they wanted to have, you know, potential revenue stream. But, boy, the small businesses who, you know, Governor McKee has kind of had on his back uh, and has really led in many ways. Uh, for for the last year, you know, while he was lieutenant governor, are now pushing back and saying, wait a minute, this is a terrible idea. I think he is starting to revisit uh, the idea. And I think he's been, if you read my colleague Brian Amaral's story, he's really struggled to kind of explain it. He says it's actually good for the small businesses. The small businesses are saying, wait a minute, this is <laughs> this is absolutely not the case. And my gut would be, I don't know if they'll scrap it completely, but it doesn't feel like there is as much of an appetite um, among lawmakers to, to make this happen. I had a one small business guy say to me, you know, the, the challenge is it's not just potentially last year's money, it's the next year. So potentially you could have two years of tax, you know, these tax loans, because Remember, first wave of PPP was in 2020, and now it's 2021. So I think there's real, real concern. Yep. But I, it almost feels like the governor is sort of trying to defend it, and he'll inevitably have to either walk it back or kind of change up the program, or maybe kind of let the legislature play hero and say, you know what, we took this out of the budget. Uh, that's my gut on what's going to happen, although uh, I think it's still very much in flux. 
Folks, each day I start off the day with a free email roadmap. It tells you everything you need to know. Dan McGowan, if you don't mind, we'd like to offer it to all our listeners how they can also get a free email. That That's right. And, and everything it, going on. It's super free every single day. Uh, you're going to get original reporting from me, some analysis, maybe a scoop here or there. Uh, you know, you're going to get all the stories that John and I talk about every week. Uh, and then you get the rundown of here's what's happening in Rhode Island. Sabina Matos is being sworn in today as lieutenant governor, things like that. And all you have to do is send me a blank email to rinews at globe.com. I'll know what it is, rinews at globe.com, and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. One last question before I let you go. Uh, I was at the McKee COVID briefing Thursday. Education Commissioner Fonte Green was there. I asked her about the Providence School contract. She basically said they've inherited all these things that no one else has changed. Any update on that? Or do you think, do they, does everything stay status quo, Dan McGowan, until the kids get out of school? And then if you're going to do I think that things will stay status quo for a while. I'm not sure uh, exactly what it'll be. I would say okay. the, the only update that I have is I know behind the scenes – um, in fact, ever since last week when I, I wrote a column basically saying that the governor needs to really step in, the governor has had multiple meetings yeah. uh, since then and uh, is trying to kind of take on a more active role. But I think the, tr- the trouble is, is that nobody knows exactly what to do next. And so uh, I would say things are still very much up in the air. Folks, he's Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, great job. Stay safe. We'll talk to you again. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA, Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies, you can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today, MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. R.E. Coogan Heating. Call Coogs today. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Remember, whether it's plumbing, heating, or cooling, residential services, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone, they say. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today at 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. It's R.E. Coogan and Heating. Helpful trustworthy, reliable for plumbing, heating, and cooling. From winter to summer, the trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time, from service calls to maintenance agreements to installation. R.E. Coogan Heating, proud to help residential customers. They pride themselves. They make customer service and satisfaction a top priority. As they say, as Coog says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today, 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. It's Coogs. It's R.E. Coogan and Heating.